The opinions expressed on Lentil Stew are individual and are not necessarily representative of Spirit Live or Toronto Metropolitan University. Thank you for listening. Alright everyone, my name is Gareth and welcome to the very first episode of Lentil Stew. It's the podcast all about self-improvement. Basically, I'm going to complain for a little bit and I'm going to turn my attention to someone I admire and respect. An individual who is a young professional, sort of braving the first few years in their industry. They've managed to get their life together, they've managed to... uh, you know, use self-discipline and, 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 and eat properly. And well, that's something that I'm still, uh, you know, kind of figuring out. And I figure, you know, who best to turn to than the people I know who can provide me that sort of life advice. And then I'm going to immediately disregard that and ask them what their favorite legume dish recipe is. I'll then prepare that dish uh, on mic. I'll try it, give you a little review. And depending on how I feel about the food, I'll decide whether I still respect that individual's opinion or not. I think it's a pretty good idea. I think it's a well-rounded show. I think I'm going to achieve a lot and I think I'm really going to grow. And, you know, I figured it would be a good idea to get you guys to uh, come along and grow with me. So without further ado, uh, let's get into things. So I've mentioned that this is a show about self-improvement, about me becoming better. I don't want to give you the wrong idea about me. I'm a pretty swell guy. You know, I brush my teeth. I try to slow down for pedestrians. Uh, One time it was raining outside and I saw that my neighbor had left their garbage bins out and I went over there and I put the lids on the bins and I closed them without anyone watching or telling me to. And And I went back inside. I didn't even tell anyone about it. I didn't need that gratification of people knowing about my good deeds. So that's that's kind of the person you're dealing with. I'm a pretty clever guy too. Uh, I used to watch The Big Bang Theory when I was little and I got all the jokes. I uh, haven't seen Young Sheldon yet, but that's definitely up there on the uh, list. Uh, I did an IQ test online, got in the upper 80s, so that's pretty good. So overall, I'd say I'm a pretty well-rounded person. I do have my weak spots like anyone else. For me, I'd say these take the form of, you know, not necessarily taking full care of myself the way I should in terms of getting a full night's sleep and, of course, eating as well as I should. I really need to start eating better again. I need to get back into the meal prep, need to get back into the veggies and legumes, and I figure who better to help me with that than the people around me who have achieved and accomplished so much more than I have. I figure I can hear their wisdom, learn a little bit more about what makes them tick, and find out what the special ingredients were in their meals that fueled their bodies and minds on their path to success. And and then I'll make it about me with my podcast. So the fellow we are going to be talking to today is a dear old friend, a very impressive young man. He has a degree in mechanical engineering and is currently employed in space systems operations and design at MDA, which I just knew off the top of my head and didn't even have to look up on his LinkedIn right now. So what does that mean? That means that this guy works on the design of machinery that ends up going into outer space to be used by astronauts. Now, how does someone like me come to know someone so successful and accomplished? Well, I'll tell you. Back in the day before I was hosting the number one cooking podcast in the world, believe it or not, I was actually an engineering student at Queen's University. Made it about two years through before realizing, obviously, I was way too clever for any of that stuff. I ended up leaving, and I had to find a new career path. But before I had left, 
I'd made some pretty neat friends, and one of them was this tall, handsome fella who just so happened to be living in the same residence building as me back in my first year. Saw him standing over there one day, knew he was in my program, walked on up to him and said, hey, want to be friends? He looked me up and down and went, <laughs> no. But, you know, within a few weeks, we had been in enough groups together and sort of seen enough of each other that I wore him down, and the rest is history. Without further ado, my friend, Misha Kowarski. Thanks for joining me today, Misha. How are you? I'm great, Gareth. It's uh, great to hear your voice today. Well, it's great to hear yours as well. So, for uh, those who don't know Misha, as an old pal of mine, I met him back in the day at uh, engineering school at Queen's University. Now, Misha, you, you managed to finish that bad boy up, didn't you? I sure did. And uh, how how was that uh, experience educationally, finishing? Uh, what was the degree exactly? I graduated mechanical engineering, and I tried to focus on mechatronics engineering. So uh, that's a little bit of your robotics flair in there. I was the chief technical officer of the Queen's space engineering team. Uh, right now, we compete in two separate competitions uh, that are run on a yearly and bi-yearly basis. So uh, every year, we would travel down into the desert in Utah. We would uh, compete against a bunch of different uh, international teams who all built big robotic uh, rover systems that were uh, required to do all sorts of fun challenges out there. So um, ultimately, it was my job to kind of lead the, the technical work being done and uh, be a mentor for younger students learning how to do design and doing engineering and all sorts of that, uh, that fun stuff. Did you have something in store when you were walking across that stage getting your degree or was it just kind of thrown to the wind? I need to find a job. I always knew that I wanted to work in the aerospace industry. Um, I knew that space design was, was from the get-go, it's what I wanted to do. I had made some connections at uh, the Space Agency and at MDA through my time with uh, with the Space Eng team and with people who had done their internships there. And so, you know, I was able to foster some connections and eventually um, get an interview and get a job at, at MDA, which is where I currently work. Now, what is MDA? Yeah, so MDA is the largest manufacturer of, of uh, space hardware in Canada. Uh, we're the prime contractor to the Canadian Space Agency for the Canadarm3 program. You might have heard of Canadarm1 and Canadarm2. They are Canada's big contribution to the international space community. We flew on the space shuttle and, and continue to fly on the International Space Station with Canadarm2 and Dexter which is our uh, next generation dexterous robotic handyman up on the station. And at a first glance, you might think, oh, well, you know, it's just a robotic arm. Like, what, what good is that? What, uh, you know, what's it capable of, right? Um, but uh, it was basically imperative for the construction of the space station. So every time that a new module of the ISS was launched, both Canadarm1 and Canadarm2 would assist with the construction of taking that module and connecting it or berthing it to the rest of the station. My contribution to MDA, uh, right now I'm working on Canadarm3. It is part of the Artemis program, which you may or may not have heard about, depending on how much of a space nerd you are. The Apollo program, way back in the 60s and 70s, uh, was humanity's first foray into human exploration of the moon. And uh, we're going back. NASA is, is uh, planning this um, intergovernmental, international effort uh, to explore the moon again with the human presence and not just go there, but stay there in a, in a 
constant research presence, which is super exciting. It is a large, as I mentioned, multinational effort. So NASA is contributing a whole bunch. The European Space Agency is as well. Uh, the Japanese Space Agency and Canada, the Canadian Space Agency, are also playing a big part. And uh, so part of this effort is a new international space station, uh, except this one is going to orbit the moon. It's going to be a lot smaller of a station. It's going to kind of be like an outpost, uh, humanity's last safe harbor before they go down to the surface and explore the moon. So this station is called Gateway. The reason why it's named that is because the whole idea is that we're, we're gaining all sorts of knowledge about all sorts of, of new innovative technologies and operations um, that will eventually lead us to Mars. So the idea is that this this station is, is both a gateway to the surface of the moon for lunar exploration and the gateway to deeper into our own solar system, uh, exploring Mars in, in the future. And uh, so Canada's contribution to the Lunar Gateway is Canadarm3, which is our next generation robotic uh, series of manipulators, actually. There's two uh, robotic arms as a part of the, the Canadarm3 system. And uh, it's going to be responsible for all sorts of really important stuff on station. And is that is that kind of your where your focus is, your bread and butter? You're you're looking into that sort of stuff, or what? What's your contribution? Um, I'm a member of the Goat Squad, uh, which is the Gateway Operational Analysis Team, uh, and we're kind of SEAL Team Six for operations analysis around uh, around the MDA office. So whenever someone has a has a burning question about whether or not we can do something or go somewhere where the we're the ones to uh we're the ones to figure it out so a lot of what i do is is uh, robotics analysis kinematic analysis so gateway is it's a very complicated system right there are a lot of moving parts literally our system is highly dynamic right we have two fully actuable robotic systems that can move wherever they choose to and uh, we also have all sorts of very delicate scientific equipment and solar panels and radiators everywhere, right? And so um, we have all of these things that we need to be able to do, right? We need to be able to go from point A to point B to point C to point D. We need to be able to grab X, Y, and Z. Um, and we need to be able to do all of those things without crashing into any component on station or violating any sort of keep out zones. And the way that we do that is with um, operations analysis, which is what we do. So a lot of my time is spent doing, like I said, robotic simulations in, uh, in CAD software, um, determining whether or not our system is able to go to this place that it needs to go. And if it can, then everything's good. And if it can't, we kind of got to go back to the drawing board and see if there's a different way we can reach that thing or if we have to get... Uh, you know, our partners on the phone and say, hey, move your solar panel because you're in our way. So we've talked a little bit about outer space and Misha, the man, when he's done working on that Canada arm, he, he has to come home. If he has to think about his physical health, he has to think about his mental health. That's on true. top of just staying uh, regimented and regulated, what does Misha do to be the best Misha he can be? <laughs> It's a great question, Garrett. So keep a weekly schedule. Um, I find that is the most important thing for me uh, to stay on top of my own health is to figure out, you know, a weekly regimen and stick to it. So going to the gym a certain amount of times a week, 
eating at appropriate times throughout the day, waking up at the same time, going to bed at the same time, right? Just little things like that, I think are super important to keep on top of. Uh, and and for you, is it is is the discipline, it's just what you do? Or is it more just fear of what happens if you don't? I, I try not to keep it negative in, in that way. I, I try not to think about it like, a, yeah, I fear what might happen if I, if I, uh, if I give in to one too many naps or eat too much junk food, I think it's more of, um, it, it you know, it, it feels good to, to stay on a schedule. It feels good to make healthy choices and, uh, thinking about it positively and celebrating your wins and what makes, what makes the, that discipline worth it? What makes, you know, getting up and, and going to work worth it? What, what, what's, what's your drive? One of the reasons why I always knew I wanted to work in, you know, the space design field was growing up one of the only parts of modern day life that really inspired me and kind of felt like it cut through all of the all of the politics around you know different countries and their interactions was the international space station right it's the one place in the world where you know even during the height of the cold war space was this place where americans and russians and now you know all sorts of different nations work together in in relative peace which is I mean, it's really cool to see. It's kind of like, it's this platonic ideal of what the world could be. I think there's a lot to be said about doing things, not just because you can think of a, an economic motivator for it, but just because it inspires us, right? Like, I truly believe that, you know, landing on the moon in the Apollo program was like one of the grandest, greatest things humanity has ever accomplished. And, you know, it inspired a generation to go into STEM and, and push the boundaries of what humanity was capable of. And a lot of the technology that they developed uh, was, you know, rolled out into uh, advancements in medical technology and consumer electronics and all sorts of stuff. And I think we've moved away from large, inspiring projects that aren't just driven by, by money. And um, so maybe I'm chasing a dream, you know, maybe I'm chasing this ideal of the, of the Apollo program that doesn't exist anymore and maybe it never did exist but at part of me believes that you know we can get back to that and that's why i am proud to to get up in the morning and work on the artemis program is to hopefully inspire another generation of, of people to explore space and learn more about the universe that we live in and, and do it not just to make money and do it to strengthen our relationships with you know every nation in the world and uh, work together to a common goal and um, I think the benefits are going to be more uh, tangible than we can even imagine right now, just like the, the old Apollo program was back in the day. Cool. What's your favorite lentil dish? No, I'm just <laughs> 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 No, that, that was a very, no, that was an awesome answer. That was very well put out. That was, no, that was, a, that was a gorgeous answer. Uh, thank you for that. So my recipe is a Toronto-inspired recipe. You may know there is a lot of Jamaican influence in Toronto, and uh, a favorite, a favorite meal around here is jerk chicken. And uh, part of that dish is uh, the famed Jamaican rice and peas, which is the recipe that I am imparting to you today. It's something that I cook for myself all the time when I meal prep for my work weeks. I make some some rice and peas and some jerk barbecue chicken, and I uh, go on my merry way to the office. 
I am going to prepare that meal. I am going to sit down. I am going to consume that meal. And then I'm going to decide whether everything you've just told me is actually worth listening to or if you're insane or not. All right. Well, you know, I'm very excited to hear on what side of that issue you come out on after you have. Yeah, I think I would say that seems like a balanced way to measure everything I've learned today is how much I enjoy the flavors of this rice and peas. I think we're starting off strong. I think I think it's a it's a solid recipe and I, I don't think you're gonna be disappointed. Uh, if I wanna leave people with one thing, I think I would just say uh, that, you know, I, for one, really knew what I wanted to do going from high school all the way into space engineering thing that I do now, right? Um, but I was really lucky and most people don't know what they want to do right when they start off. I think you should never feel, one, that you're being pigeonholed into any decision that you make right away because as Gareth has shown here, you know, you can make one choice and you can change your mind and you can go do something else and there's no shame in that. And people start their careers in such weird ways, right? Like, Harrison Ford was like a freaking carpenter before he was in Indiana Jones and he was like 30 or 40 when that movie came out. So point being, your career is long, even if you don't know what you want to do right away, that's totally okay. Life is all about experimenting and figuring out what you like and what you don't. We're all on a constant process of improvement and if that means completely altering what your choices are in your early 20s, that's what your 20s are all about. So don't even sweat it. Just go with the flow. That's my recommendation. All right, Misha. Thank you so, so, so much for joining me. And I hope you have a terrific rest of your day. It was a pleasure talking with you. Uh, if you ever want to do this again, you just let me know. All right. So I am standing here, mic'd up in my kitchen with Misha's recommendation laid out in front of me. So we are cutting uh, our onion first. I don't know why I did it that way. I forgot that onions make you cry, um, but that's okay because it just means we're cutting to the chase. Okay, now we have to try and scoop the onions into the bowl without getting more on the floor. And I don't know, I don't think my chances are very good right now. In the bowl, in the bowl, come on, come on, come on, oh my god. Oh my god. It called for a small onion in the recipe anyway, and this was a pretty big onion, so I think it's fine that most of it didn't make its way into this bowl. Alright, I think I think we have all of our ingredients chopped up and ready to go. It's time to uh it's time to put it all together. Alright, we've got our beans at our moderate boil. Now it's time to stir in the onions, grunions, garlic, allspice, thyme, scotch bonnet, ginger, salt, and pepper. Let's do it. Alright, we are at a gentle simmer right now. Gonna leave it for about an hour and uh, we'll add the rice and hopefully we have a delicious meal on our hands. If not, I'd probably never talk to Misha again. completed the Jamaican rice and peas recipe. I've ladled some into a bowl for myself and I'm very excited to dig in in just a moment. We'll find out if uh, Misha can put his money where his mouth is. Now something I realized uh, is that food 
is really something that we experience with four of our senses. You know, we see it, we taste it, we, we smell it, we feel it. So naturally, I, I chose an audio medium to make a cooking show. But lucky for you guys, I've got the vocabulary to really immerse you guys into, into what I'm experiencing here. So the rice is kind of uh, white. The beans are sort of brown. And there's just like little green things uh, strewn about in it. All right, let's dig in. No, this is, this is really good. Mm, okay. So yeah, to anyone who is uh, on the fence, you know, listening to Misha talking earlier, no, I, I do think he actually does kind of know maybe what he's talking about. This food does taste pretty good. I do think maybe it is kind of important to be open to experimentation and, and making sure to be disciplined and, and just finding productive ways to mitigate any negativity or anxiety. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have believed it before today, but yeah. Guess that's the way to be. In all seriousness, though, I do want to give a warm shout out and thank you to Misha for having joined me today. It was a really, really interesting and insightful conversation. Learn not only about how to become a better person, but some neat little tidbits about outer space as well. It was a really, really fascinating talk, and I'm really, really thrilled to have had you join me. And I'm really, really happy with how it turned out and thankful for this delicious meal that I get to add to my repertoire. One last treat today for you folks. I want to extend a warm welcome to my friend Claire Mandel, who's going to play us out with a lentil stew-themed rendition of Phoebe Bridger's Waiting Room. Now, I hesitate to call it a parody because obviously this version will transcend the original, but hey, might as well give it that label. So without further ado, play us on out, Claire, and thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this hearty bowl of lentil stew. Salt and pepper, no, there's 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 salt and pepper, no, there's
there's salt and pepper. No, 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 there's salt and pepper. And no, there's salt and pepper. No, there's salt and pepper. No, there's salt and pepper.